Welcome back to episode 181 of the Block Runner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. Sign up to our newsletter to keep up with the latest in Web3 at theblockrunner.com. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we bring in Gancy from the Rare Sat Society. Here are some of the topics we discuss today. First up, Gancy shares their fascination with the introduction of ordinals. Next, he explains their experience in art collections and the importance of pattern recognition in the world of rare sats. Then we dive into the concept of non-arbitrary asset types and the potential for creating new tokens on Bitcoin's blockchain. And finally, what are the challenges in the NFT space and the future of rare sats as a game mechanic? All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to another episode of the Block Runner Podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, Iman. Going on, dude. And on the sticks, we got TJ. Hello. And we got joining us today, Gansey, founder and CEO of RareSat Society. Thank you for joining us, Gansey. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right. So, uh, so RareSats. Yeah, man, we've been... It's um, a big deal. We've been, I guess, what's the word? I guess exposed to it. Pretty early as well. And we, you know, we heard your name or the, uh, the organization's name, I guess, being thrown around a lot about how involved you you guys were in like the early, I guess, discovery and in distribution of this new, you know, class of assets within the ordinal ecosystem, right? So we definitely always like targeted you as like, you know, come, kind of come on and explain like the origins of how this whole thing even like originated as a concept and we know it came it stems from casey rodimer's like uh ordinal theory correct he kind of identified like the first classifications of them but it's it's obviously expanding and the market really seems to like the idea of this new uh rarity component that's all on chain right and we do too because we have our own ideas behind how like the blockchain needs to be leveraged a little bit more heavily as far as like its data provisions and what can be done with it yeah so yeah, if you can, man, just uh, kind of give us an introduction about yourself and how you got into Web3 in general, or Bitcoin, um, how you got to the ordinal space, and then, yeah, what led you to want to start hunting these sats? Sure. So so by trade, I'm a computer engineer. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2011, that's when I really first found out about Bitcoin and uh, mining. So I started mining Bitcoin on some spare computers and stuff and I, I had and you know I had access to computers at the the job I worked for so you know I was mining on like 12 to 15 different computers and really enjoying the process and then that's when I found out about ASIC so you know ASIC block eruptors were really big back then and um so started mining but I was still working you know I wasn't going full-time crypto in 2016 I left my job in cybersecurity to really take a chance on crypto, you know, we're seeing a lot of people in the news that were making like tons of money on crypto. And I was like, you know, I really want to take a chance on myself and try this trading thing out. And um, so that's, you know, 2016 is when I left, late 2016, 2017 happened. We all know that was like an amazing year for crypto. Yeah. And right. And so, yeah, um, did extremely well, you know, made made a lot of money in 2017 and I haven't really worked since. So I've been full-time crypto uh, since then. In 2021, I bridged into ETH and I, I became an artist. You know, AI was really new then. And this is before mid journey, of course. And, you know, I was extremely interested in that. So I, 
uh, I was creating AI art and I had built my own AI and, you know, I was, you know, Mark Cuban and, and Snoop Dogg were collecting my art. So that was, that was really cool. Um, and, you know, when ordinals hit, I, I just remember scrolling Twitter. I hadn't actually been on Twitter in a while and I saw NFTs on Bitcoin. I saw a post that said NFTs on Bitcoin. I'm like, here's like something really big. I need to look into this. And the more I looked into it, I had that same feeling I had about Bitcoin in 2011. Like I got to stop mm. everything I'm doing and, and focus on yeah. this because this is going to be huge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I come from a, a family of collectors. Like we collect all kinds of stuff, cards, figurines, antiques, etc. So right there on uh, ordinals.com and that, that, that handbook, you know, right there at the first, it's talking about rare Bitcoin. And my eye, you know, I just got googly eyed. I was like, this is, I used to collect coins and mm, uh, doing yeah. numismatics and uh, in my early years I worked in banking. So I was able to get access to like newly printed bills and mm. cool coins and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, this is going to be huge. You know, the, this makes Bitcoin collectible on a level that like no one's, you know, all, all Bitcoin was the same before this. Yeah. But now, you know, you've got the first side of a block and, and this and that. So, um, you know, I think it was, let's see. So in February, I found out about ordinals. I started my first inscription for the rare uh, SAT society passes are, I believe, March 2nd, with like a 191,000 uh, inscription number. Mm. And I, I had done a couple of art collections. So I was an artist, you know, I was like, eh, let me put my art on Bitcoin. Those are my first two collections. And then I, I created the passes. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, I wanted to do something different. I was like, here's an opportunity to do something different in the space and uh, i don't think i was prepared for what it would become like i was definitely you know convinced and committed to what rare, rare sets were but i definitely didn't see it blossoming like this at least initially mm -hmm. well that's interesting because um <clears throat> i mean there has to be so i guess the your most i guess uh notable or like your highlight achievement i guess is like really extracting the most um rarest of sets right and, yeah. and I, I saw an article report that you guys did over a billion dollars in volume in that process so if you can like break down what is the actual the mechanism of how do you find a specific satoshi that has you know a valuable attribute to it which now are labeled as attributes right and like somebody has to go and find these things right and then there's a way you guys or your, your community has developed to do that. And because of that, you got, you guys became like the earliest suppliers in this market, right? Right. Yeah. So, so coin telegraphed an article on us, I think it was June or something like that, mm -hmm. or maybe May. And, uh, you know, we'd done like maybe a little over a billion dollars. We're now at five, we've done over $5 billion. Uh, we've sifted through. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> wow. Okay. So, you know, we're doing like 25, um, million, 20 to $25 million a day. And, um, you know, sifting through those coins. So, um, you know, listen, we were one of the first to really develop software around this. Like what, mm. what's going to make it easier. Let's build software that, um, that can kind of identify and extract these when we're sending to and from the exchanges. And, you know, we were able to target these specific, we could see where these uncommons were, for mm. instance, like, Oh, there's a, you know, February, 2009 uncommon sitting on Binance. And we, we figured out how to, leverage the way those hot wallets work in our favor mm -hmm. uh which is really important so 
you can send into an exchange and instead of hitting the order books, you can actually just deposit and like wait a couple of minutes and, and withdraw mm. and uh, get access to those uncommons. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of, you know, you're not having to pay as much fees. So I think that was the smarter play. And uh, we were able to just wash through a ton of different sat, you know, types that we were looking for. And, you know, in at the beginning, like I wrote out like a list of a hundred kind of sat narratives that I thought was, were going to be popular. Mm, interesting. Right. You know what it's first sats of the block, ha- block having, you know, sat name, like no one had done sat names at the time, which those are my favorite sat type because mm-hmm. actually to figure out how to do the sat names is it's not terribly complicated, but it's a little, it's a little complicated. Like not a lot of people have figured it out. And um, now you're starting to see like sat names kind of be a big thing. So mm-hmm. uh, I think our software is what, really like put us above and of course you know you need lots of money like the more money you have yeah the the better it is for hunting so yeah mm-hmm. the higher the probability right of yeah it's like you literally you use the word sifting and you, you literally mean that right just like you people used to sift through like riverbeds and stuff to find yeah. gold yeah. or diamonds or whatever any kind of rare earth material right so it's a similar idea of just like you know the I guess the fluidity of the capital that you're sure. kind of like moving in and out of an exchange. Think of that as like the, the waters of the riverbed, right? And yeah. your, your software is the, the sift, right? Right. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because when I was a kid, I'd go to Colorado with my grandparents and my grandfather showed me how to pan gold mm. out of the rivers there. Wow. Interesting. Did you know that we're more than just a YouTube channel? We also built Mscribe, the first inscription platform built from the ground up for the metaverse on Bitcoin. Connect your bitmap ordinals and use our tools to bring your community into the virtual realm. Support us by joining the movement at mscribe.io. Like, comment, and subscribe for the latest alpha. Back to the video. Yeah. So, so uh, this, did you start like when, when, as soon as you decided to like sift through uh, all these uh, Satoshis, did you start with $25 million and, and you know, that that's how you started. You start with a thousand bucks or how, how did you, how did this like first begin? Yeah. So, um, you know, shout out to Nolish cause Nolish was really the first group I found. I was like, you know, I had this idea, you know, we had rare sats from Casey Rodermore and I kind of had an idea of like what RSS was going to be. Um, but still discovering it. And I found, you know, Nolish was really kind of the first sat hunter Mm. Um, and, but he wasn't doing large, I mean, he was doing large volume, but not like crazy large volume. And, uh, I remember actually the first day that I hunted, I found two uncommons. So I was like thrilled, you know, wow. I was like, this is, this is crazy. I wasn't using a ton of Bitcoin. Uh, I was using, I think, you know, uh, just to test it out. I, I used like a Bitcoin or something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we found uh we have we had a hunter that was dedicated and at the time this was maybe mid march like mid to late march he uh you know our official hunter he already found four to five hundred hundred uncommons wow which was i mean unreal you know we were already starting off on a really great leg how many uh exist again just to remind the audience uh of these uncommon sets in total, or I guess like the the theoretical yeah. cap of them. Sure. So the theoretical cap is like six point nine million, and okay. right now there's you know it's for every block. So if you go to mempool.space and look at the current block number, it's like whatever eight eight hundred and eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's where we're at now. But six point nine million. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's 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 I mean, that's it, a good number. It is a good number. It's rare. Yeah. 
and it, and it, I guess yeah, it's the exclusivity of like I guess anybody can get, become a hunter, right? But I guess it's not like um, maybe not like economically feasible if you just don't have like the right capital base and yeah. Um, eventually, I mean, sending the f- money into the exchange, I think. I mean, you're still uh, you, you got to have a lot of money to do this, right? Because eventually, you're going to run out of money. Paying, paying the fees, right? Yeah, if you're starting yeah. with a thousand bucks, I mean, you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, so there is a little bit of, um, of that. Like how many people do you think or organizations are you aware of that are actively doing what you guys are doing? So, you know, obviously, you know, we've been in, in contact with like a lot of big, uh, mining pools at this time, for instance, mm. F2 pool, we know they had a huge collection and, uh, I know Danny DZ has a good operation going over there, but uh, yeah, yeah, you have to have a lot of money because it's not worth it. I had someone jump yeah. on my Discord the other day and they're like, I've given up on hunting. <laughs> well, at this point, they've got it down to a science and a lot of this is automated now. Mm-hmm. You know, the bot will send, it'll, you know, it knows what to extract. It sends the money back th- through the API. So um, you're really at a disadvantage unless you have, like a couple yeah. million dollars. I, I don't think it's yeah. worth it. So interesting. Uh, how is like the market value, uh, uh, you know, reacted to these, uh, specifically the uncommons, I guess. I, I'm imagining when you first discovered like the, uh, the earliest ones, you know, the, the circulating supply was very limited. So, you, you know, uh, is it, it's more of like a, it's like a B2B type situation. Like how do you contact like uh, customers or interested parties who want to, mm-hmm. I guess, obtain these assets that you're finding? Well, since we were really the biggest operation, like, you know, people just knew to come to us, you know, my DMs were getting blown up every day. And uh, as far as market value, you know, these were going for just a 2023 uncommon was going for a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks. So like five X what they are now. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, that's that's a lot of money for uh, Satoshi. Um, so what were the use cases for, for, for these SATs? Were they essentially just for, for art inscriptions or like, what were, what were, what were the market? Like, what are they trying to do? Is it art or, or what? just collect and kind of like, you know, are they, are, is the idea to just huddle these things? Yeah. Because, uh, as more and more, I guess, are in the possession, you know, and outside of, uh, yeah, the exchanges, the extractable supply. Right. Right. Then, then, you know. Theoretically, no matter what utility gets like, you know, uh, implemented down the line, yeah. leveraging these assets, right? Like, you know, it's going to increase the value over time, right? So right, right. what do you see like the, the demand for it as of right now? Is it mostly just people who want to obtain and hold these possession of these assets or do they immediately want to use them for some sort of utility purpose? You know, I think over time I saw a healthy balance of both. You know, we we supplied a lot of sats in the beginning. So a lot of these projects, these early projects that were on like whatever block 78s and 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 commons, a lot of those uh were from us. And you know, it was people that saw, you know, this is a unique way to market my project, like to yeah. put them on these interesting sats. Mm-hmm. And but we also had big collectors. We had people that you know, wanted to keep them virgin, so to speak. They didn't want to inscribe mm. on them. They just wanted to collect them and they mm-hmm. saw the value. And, you know, look, it's a finite supply. Uh, and so, yeah, I've seen, I think in the beginning, it was mostly people inscribing. But now you have like, you know, with these P2P marketplaces coming out, you have people that are just collecting. Do you need so, to have a specific wallet to identify these these sats? Like um, make sure you don't spend them in a UTXO? <laughs> Yeah, I would say 
you know, the best implementation for those features that you just mentioned are going to be Magisat and Satting. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, they, okay. they don't spend your special sats, which is really cool. Okay. Uh, they'll kind of protect your balance. So you don't have to worry about spending them. But in the early days, it was Sparrow. You know, you had to know what you're doing. You had to know how to like split, like peel these off. And yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, the early days, you have to like identify the UTXO and make sure that when you're spending a UTXO, it's not the one with the rare sat. Mm. So it must have been like a, a real pain in the ass to like uh, really maintain, ma- maintain like this the structure, and and then have people like go and look for these these rare sats and and then. You'd have to tell them like, okay, you're gonna, you know, potentially you're buying this for fifteen hundred bucks using Sparrow, but uh, but you have to like know which UTXO it's in and make sure you don't spend it, right? That's yeah. that's pretty much how it went. Yeah, yeah, we that's had people, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, we were hunting on Coinbase and we found a UTXO with sixteen uncommons in a row, so we knew this was probably a hunter that <laughs> accidentally spent, you know, yeah. his uncommons and. <laughs> Uh, we ended up getting oh, them and damn, right. That's kind yeah. Of we get all kinds <laughs> of stuff, you know, inscription, you know, people send, uh, might send an inscription and not meaning to. And, yeah. uh, when you're hunting, you find this kind of stuff and, you know, most of the time we send them back. Right. But, uh, so, um, are you using all the exchanges like Coinbase and Binance? Like, is it, uh, is the uncommon sats like evenly distributed amongst all these like services? No, you know, the, the, the sat hunting game, at least for uncommons and like, you know, the actual rares, like uncommons or rares has become extremely difficult. Look, we were finding 40 to 50 uncommons a day, mm-hmm. which you think there's a hundred and like 44 uncommons produced per day. So we were, we were finding a good chunk of those. Mm. And now it's like, in pot, I mean, you're lucky if you find. And, and that's know. because, and that's because the miners are like, they're, they're up to date. They're, they're the ones who are the sifters now. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, maybe a month ago, Corey posted something showing transactions from, I think it was F2 pool. I, all the, all the big exchange or miners are doing it now, wow. but they're literally, yeah. as they mine them, they're separating them. So you're not, Interesting. you don't have access to them. So they're the market creators now. So, so that, does that mean that, uh, you know, how, how does one get access to those rare sats then at, at this point? Is it, is it through like, um, like friendship or is it through like some service? Yeah. <laughs> well, F2 pool, uh, really early they started and maybe not a lot of people knew about it, but they had a little on their website, they had a little marketplace and they were selling their own commons. Most of it was OTC. You know, a lot of a lot of what we did was OTC. And mm-hmm. uh, I haven't seen big miners selling on like the new P2P marketplaces. I think, look, we're not even selling like like we don't want to sell at these prices. Mm, yeah, like RSS as an entity. Like we know what we have. We have really valuable sats, and we we'll wait the market out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we did a lot of sales. You know, we sold like two and a half million dollars worth of sats in the first, you know, five to six months. Sure. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. That's, that's crazy good. So, um, you know, how, how do you maintain, um, sort of interest in like rare sats when let's say for example, like you guys are so early and you've collected so many of these rare sats, like, isn't there some sort of, um, I don't know, burden to like maintain supply so that there's in, like, interest in these rare sats 
or like you're saying, it's just you guys are taking the position of not selling until the market, you know, gets, you know, significantly better. So how do you how do you balance that? Well, that, that's a great question. And it was really difficult a couple of months in. I was thinking to myself, because, you know, we're selling to so many. Pro we're really the only place you could get them right. unless you were a hunter. And so I was thinking, you know, listen, how do I not oversaturate mm -hmm, this yeah. market? You know, how do I not sell too many? And so I got to the point to where I was like, listen, we're not, we're not selling these kind mm -hmm. of stats anymore. There's kind of enough out there. And, you know, I've, obviously the other hunters came in and, and, you know, distorted that a little bit, sure. which is out of my control. But I think, I think I was aware of that and, and tried not to, uh, their toy because we really haven't done, um, maybe for the past two months, trying not to, to, to sell a lot of, sure. uh, sats kind of keep them. So, so, um, if you do decide to sell your sats, like what, what's, what's the website that, that I would go to, to go purchase those sats? Well, look, it was, um, all, to, we never created our own marketplace. We knew that P2P marketplaces were coming out. So, uh, you know, look, if you're interested in some cool sats, we, um, we have an official, uh, page on Magisat where we're going to be listing, uh, sats. Okay. So. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's been OTC and we've been doing private deals okay. and okay. yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, uh, what about rare sats that are developed by the community? Like, uh, say for example, black sats, mm -hmm. um, you know, how, how do you, how do you value that in terms of like a, a rare sat hunter? Do you go and look for those things that get market traction or? Yeah, there's got to be some kind of like threshold yeah, point, how, right? Yeah, some how do you decide? You yeah, how do you decide that a rare sat that has been developed by the community, like that's the one that you should go yeah. after? Well, um, not sure if you guys knew this, but Black Black God from Classified came to me uh, and he said, listen, I think this um, last sat of the block could be really big we were the first ones to get them so oh, me, okay. me and black god worked on that together to produce um this black sat narrative okay and yeah and then our software is really easy you know like uncommon minus one it was really easy for us to find them and uh, i'm a huge fan I, that's what i think you know every satoshi has a story to tell and i think that's what makes the sat narratives really really unique yeah. Um, so we, we support, we've totally support, um, these new narratives coming into the marketplace and there's going to be so many come, I mean, you know, look, this next year is the election, like think about mm -hmm. all the yeah. political dates and, yeah. uh, you, in the early days you get people reach out, Hey, I, I want my kid's name as a sat name or what my, the day I was married and stuff like that. So that's all going to be relevant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Satology is moving into that space and I'm really excited to see what they do. That's the first time I heard that that word. You like that? And it makes word, sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, okay, so all right, so you have people collecting rare sats, and um, are you a big? Uh, I, I guess you you were saying that you you used to do a bunch of art. Like, do you think um, like inscribing art on these like rare sats, like that's going to be like a huge use case for this, or do you think like it's just a one of the main value is going to just be like a main collector's item? Yeah, I think um, we've yet to see like really big artists come over to Bitcoin. But I was literally at Beeple's event this this week. And I, I he was oh, okay. walking cool. st straight towards me. I got to meet him. And, you know, I asked him what he thought of ordinals. But I was like, listen, we would love to put your art like an everyday or something on a rare set. 
Um, I think that it's when players like that come into the space yeah, and they're sure. they're using these, you know, rare sats that they will, you know, uh, see the limelight a little more. But yeah. yeah, I think good art. Well, see, the problem with the good art is the file, you know, the file size, like unless you want to pay and I mean, even for let's say you go to a miner and get a four megabyte uh, file, it's extremely expensive, you know, half a Bitcoin, a Bitcoin for the fee. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 400 kilobytes is really your yeah. like, s- sweet, sweet spot there. So, yeah, I don't know. That, uh, but, uh, you know, your way around that is recursion, but it's, it's a little more technical. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting to see how that plays out. I, yeah, that's a good I point. Think, so basically right. with recursion, let's say you have a file size too big, you break your picture up into four pieces and you put the recursive inscription on the rare set. Like that right. would, that would satisfy like the implementation right the the rare sat like and art being combined right yeah that's what uh billy resty did i think he was maybe one of the first people to do that he uh with meta blocks i can't remember how okay. many pieces it was like okay. 400 and then he assimilated them all into one image and uh it's a fairly large image so yeah yeah 400 pieces into a recursive inscription that's that's crazy yeah what was uh what was people's reaction by the way to uh when you i'm sure you had to kind of yeah break down to him not just the rare sats thing but but ordinals like is, is did he show any interest in in that or is he like nah man i'm sticking to ETH. <laughs> you know? yeah he it was kind of that i you know he's so busy so i you know you get limited time with him but uh he was kind of like listen i i guess he had just talked to zk the week before so he was kind of getting orange pilled a little bit yeah <laughs> and and so i explained to him what the rare sets was try not to get too and that you'll lose somebody kind of quick if they're yeah. not in the ordinals ecosystem on the rare sets but yeah um showing them that there's value and there's this stratification of satoshis that's unlike any other chain um i think he's interested i mean he wouldn't be entertaining those conversations if if you so i think we'll He's still very much ETH, you know, like that was a CryptoPunks event I went to. So mm-hmm. yeah. he's, he's very much still in the ETH ecosystem. I mean, that's where he made his, you know, made his buck. So yeah, hmm. you can't fault him for. Yeah. I mean, he made like, $69 million off of one <laughs> NFT. So correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. NFT. So it's like, I feel like, uh, I mean, pitching to, I mean, if you had enough time with, um, with people, I think he would, he would quickly understand like the value of like inscribing art onto Bitcoin. And, you know, him making $69 million on ETH and Bitcoin being, you know, two, two and a half times the size in terms of market cap. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a no brainer for people to to be doing this over as here. As far as just pitching him like the, uh, basically just like the economics of it, like yeah, just as far econ- as the decision. Well, and then also, I guess you could piggyback on that with like, uh, you know, the provenance of, of having your art exist on a, yeah, of course, the most yeah, OG think about of chains. This. So right now that that art that sixty nine million dollar art it sits on IPFS I believe correct right I so mean, somebody's most con- likely yeah. somebody's paying the bill there right mm-hmm. right it's probably people paying the bill I mean he might not even know to be honest like yeah like, <laughs> the, the internal workings of like how these a lot of people don't yeah I don't. didn't even know until recently like that that's actually until this whole like the digital artifact narrative really started to permeate through ordinals and you know, like yeah that is like one of the main value adds that i think is yeah. being like identified from this whole ecosystem is like hold dude, on it's like dude this people thing is a big deal right because <laughs> he's uh he's doing every days right what if an every day was just like a regular inscription and you had the one inscription you know after 100 days 100 inscriptions we recursively inscribe all 100 onto mm-hmm. one 
one like a collage. Uh, yeah, like a collage, which is what his sixty-nine million dollars. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. Ooh, that's dude, a great idea, dude. You gotta, you gotta find, get that number <laughs> find out. Him again, dude. Find him again. <laughs> Go chase him pitch down. him that idea. It's brilliant, dude. Because each of these inscriptions are gonna be valuable <laughs> onto themselves, but yeah. the one that brings them all together by people, because we can all put it together ourselves too. But it's not mm-hmm. from people. Correct. Um, yeah, I think, I think, dude, that's such a good narrative for him. Yeah. So I think, I mean, somebody like people, I think he's, he's probably like the biggest fish you could kind of like go after. So yeah, I think for sure we're going to have to onboard some more like little fish first just to kind of like, you know, like let's, let's deploy something like that. Yeah. Which there's already plenty of experimentation happening. Right. So I think just this art space overall just has to gain a little bit more traction. Yeah. And prove it's like our whole market in general, right? Like this whole building on Bitcoin space. We have to kind of prove ourselves, I think, a little bit further. Right. Before you get the interest of these big names, right? And what we saw it with the NFTs and on ETH, like, it was a very organic beginnings. Yeah. People came after NBA Top Shots. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that was a thing that like convinced them. No, it, them it didn't. Either. But yeah. like NBA's in, like some celebrities are in. It's like, okay, Correct. let me dabble. Yeah, and that's something that I really like about these your, the rare sats because it, you're introducing a new vertical yeah. to like this already, like we've already done the whole art thing on on chain once, right? That's that was kind of like the huge mania of the last cycle. Yeah, and so like me, we'll always ask ourselves like, you know, ordinals are cool and everything, and like the narrative of all this existing on Bitcoin is a big deal, but like, will the same like retail demographic that's already been exposed to like digital art will right. they will they see value in that again considering you know the whole sector of nfts is down like 99 percent. you yeah. know will they buy in and maybe or will they need something new like this new idea of you know um there's rarity that has been extracted from the blockchain and is now like imbued within this art itself right right and so there's a lot more of, of a narrative pitch there how do you think about that um, and you know, how do you support this narrative? Yeah. Uh, look, you know, I think, um, like you said, we need to onboard these smaller artists. So like mm-hmm. the bigger artists, uh, notice. And I think, uh, you know, you said it perfectly. It's a no brainer that these, these guys and gals are going to come over to Bitcoin. It's, mm. um, there's so much innovation happening on this chain and, uh, it's so different, you know, like the immutability and, and, uh, the ordinals protocol is really interesting and i think you know the backbone of that is the rare sats like that's a canvas how yeah, am i going to p- right. put my art on an interesting canvas oh this is a 2009 this was mined by satoshi himself you know it's ancient it's yeah. at the first of uh you know bitcoin's existence so i think those that means a lot of, uh to people yeah yeah that's true i think that's the best way to explain is the canvas right so you have a little bit you know, like a, a generic canvas or do you go for the more rare canvas? Yeah. Right. It's just a matter of like accessibility. As long as these artists know that they can go and get a rare canvas, then, uh, then yeah, I think you could have, you know, a lot of interest from like these like big name artists. Mm. Um, so what's your take, uh, Gansey on, on like what's going on with like the fungible tokens on, on Bitcoin. Do you, do you partake in these like discussions or are you essentially hands off on, you know, this kind of stuff? Yeah, I try to be involved as, uh, as much as I can, you know, I was a huge collector of BRC twenties from, you know, pretty much day one, uh, when, when Ordi came out and, 
Uh, we have our own token. Uh, you know, I think I'm waiting for them to develop a little bit more because you, you can't really do anything with them now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, of, of course, the runes debate. And I mean, there's a ton of, you know, there's ORC and BRC and ARC. So yeah. uh, just kind of waiting for the, you know, some um, a little more clarity on that. But I, yeah, definitely a huge collector of, of BRC20 and, and waiting it out. So. Yeah, clarity is a big thing. I mean, we were talking to the founders of Ordinal's Wallet earlier today, and um, clarity is like the single most, like biggest takeaway from that conversation is um, it, it's better to be building on the same platform everyone else is building, right? Mm -hmm. This fragmentation thing is not going to work. Yeah. And, um, and so when it comes to fungible tokens, there needs to be a standard that we collectively agree on and, you know, we build off of something that's like a little bit more programmability capability. And, um, and it still maintains that provenance. Right. So, uh, so yeah. What, what's your take on like, um, you know, the whole rare sats thing is built on the ordinal theory runes is something completely different. Like, do you have any, any like input on, on that? Is it, is it actually more useful or what's your overall kind of like perception of runes? Um, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of like you. I'm like, you know, decide on something and let's let's build from there. Of course, yeah. I have a ton of BRC20, so it'd be kind of, you know, yeah. kind of crappy if if that uh, wasn't the implementation people went with. But uh, I mean, that's the gamble you take when you're in such a, you know, burgeoning space like this. It's uh, so, you know, hopefully they figure it out. You know, like I'm kind of on the sidelines with runes. I haven't. Uh, I deployed a couple of tokens on OW just in case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but until they come out with something official, you know, I don't want to uh, deploy tokens or collect tokens on runes yet until there's yeah until there's more clarity. So yeah, uh, <clears throat> you've seen um, experimentation, I guess, of, of some of these rare, rare sats being leveraged, or it's, it's I've heard them being like it, it, part of the conversation of maybe like a fungible token ecosystem can emerge from some of these rare Satoshis. Uh, I think there's even a platform called Saturn that oh, is, yeah. that is focused on creating like a, like a whole order book, right. a, a marketplace for this stuff. So what do you think about that? Like, is, is there, is there promise in that or is it the same thing? We just added to the category of nobody really knows as far as like what's going to be picked up as a, as a standard for, for fungibility. Right. So, um, no, I think this one's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what Saturn's doing is awesome and uh, was able to talk to their founder and really love what they're doing. It's a different concept. But, mm -hmm. you know, imagine you had a meme token, like pizza, pizza yeah. sets. Mm -hmm. That's a meme token. Yeah, yeah. I think so, because there's a bunch of them, right? Yeah, there's t so 10,000 Bitcoin times 100 million sets. You know, it's a, there's a, a ton number. of them. Yeah, but uh, you know it's kind of deflationary in a sense. You know, think you've only got a finite amount. There's never going to be more pizza sats. Mm -hmm. And I think what you know that's really interesting. Those are two things that I find really interesting for rare sats is kind of like a you know a a token economy based mm -hmm. on the sats themselves. Yeah. Um, okay. and and maybe even using sats for special privileges or something in a collection. You know, maybe maybe you have uh, um. Uh, an uncommon or something like that. And it, it gives you access to certain um, uh, rarity index. So you go to mint something and uh, you know, you provide the uncommon and 
it gives you access to a certain rarity. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of cool things being done, and I think we're, we've yet to see like where this where this is going. Yeah, you know, people will just keep building on it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think you could definitely leverage something like, uh, I guess, using Pizza Token for now as like a, a good and like onboarding mechanism for any like specific I don't know community. Uh, efforts just like that's how the most tokens are leveraged nowadays you know you yeah, like the sats token correct yeah but uh, the reason why i think we like this a little bit more is because we like to uh we speak about something that we've kind of like conceptualized called digital matter theory on our podcast a lot of it's like the idea of um recognizing that patterns exist in bitcoin's blockchain yep and then using that to create like derivative value products so in this case you know, the rare sats, a token supply, it's it's not arbitrary. Yeah. Right? Like you said, there's 10,000 that, that exist, and uh, whatever token supply that could be derived from that down the line, a new fungible standard, whatever that gets created around that, then that's it. They, they can't be changed. It wasn't set really by, like, some, yeah. some founder, some, some human, yeah. yeah, some project, company. Correct. So those same principles, I guess, can be applied in a, a bunch of different, like, um, domains i guess and another example of that is what happened with bitmap right mm-hmm. it's another example of uh i guess like a some new digital value creation mechanism which is like a serving as like a foundation to a metaverse layer mm-hmm. on bitcoin it's not arbitrarily de- derived it's, it's completely dependent on the transactions that exist in the block right so this 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 type of uh activity is what we like to see like emerging that's native to ordinals we haven't really seen it anywhere else yeah, Gansey, have you heard of have you heard of that DMT digital matter theory? Okay, so I've I, yeah, I've been seeing DMT ar- around Twitter, but just the acronym, not yeah, uh, what it meant. So no, this is the first I'm hearing about it, but it sounds really cool. Yeah, ultimately, it's it's just a it's a name that describes what humans have been doing for hundreds of thousands of years. It's just recognizing patterns, and uh, just like Casey Rodimer recognized a pattern of like the sequence of of Bitcoin and the sequence of Satoshi's entering into the economy. Um, the same thing happened with Batoshi and um, it's just a pattern recognition. Like I was saying, Bitmap is just leveraging what's happening on Bitcoin and, and giving it a, a, a metaverse layer to it. And, and I feel like rare Satoshi's is the same thing. It's like recognizing the pattern, the entrance of Bitcoin into the ecosystem and then, and then recognizing its position and then, Therefore, it's rare because of its position. Mm-hmm. So, what we're do- what we're thinking is, if you can, if you can discover patterns on Bitcoin's blockchain, let's say the hash, right? Let's say you find um, a pattern in the hash that starts with, uh, you know, quadruple A's, right? That's your pattern. That occurs, you know, so many times on Bitcoin's blockchain. Mm. And what's cool about this is that this pattern can be inscribed as a fungible token. And let's assume it comes up 2 million times, right? This quadruple A pattern. What's interesting about this is that it's not arbitrary and it's inflationary based on the data on Bitcoin's blockchain. Mm. So in the next 10 minutes, a quadruple A transaction hash could occur and therefore a new token is entered into the economy. Mm. And and so now what we're we're doing here is like BRC20s, TAP tokens, runes, none of them account for an inflationary component. Hmm. And so what we're doing is we're sort of coming up with a way, like a standard where um, at some point these tokens do recognize inflationary supply and people inscribe these patterns on Bitcoin's blockchain. And then 
artists like people or anyone, they can leverage these patterns and say, Hey, I want to build a project based on this non-arbitrary pattern. There's a million of them. Uh, I could do like a fungible token, or I can do a PFP project generative art that pumps out a million different art pieces per, per this pattern. And, uh, and then you can have like this whole new asset type that is non-arbitrary because up until this point, everything that's been developed has been essentially arbitrary. So, so that's kind of like, uh, kind of like the angle that we're kind of thinking about with like all this, um, digital matter theory stuff. Does that make sense? I love that. You know, look, a lot of us in this space are huge nerds and we're, (laughs) you know, math geeks and stuff like that. We love numbers. And I think that's what surprised me. You know, I was never prepared for, um, palindromes. So the sat type palindromes, you know, we used to send, I mean, hundreds or thousands of them back. We'd only keep the good ones, like the two digit or the three digit, the ones that look real clean. Yeah. And then, I mean, dude, these are like the bi- people love palindromes. They're yeah. like one of the biggest satires. People come to me, look, I need a thousand. I need, I just, I was yeah. like, we're kind of like sold out for now. We got to go back and, and, and scoop some up. So, yeah. uh, I see, you know, pattern recognition is really native to a lot of us crypto mm-hmm. guys. Cause look, trading, I mean, that's pattern recognition right there. That's true. Like, and how, and making it through these different cycles. And so I really, mm-hmm. yeah, I would love to continue that conversation maybe yeah. like, off camera with you guys sometime because yeah, uh sure. i think artistically you know use those as the starting point for exactly. for your art mm-hmm. that would be really cool yeah 100 percent. and so what we're doing is we're actually writing um i don't want to say a white paper it's more like just a an outline of like a formal way of doing this because what we want to do is like there's so many patterns that can be found on on bitcoin there's actually a finite amount now that finite number is really huge right because you can come up with all kinds of patterns but, but the idea is that once a pattern is inscribed, all kinds of projects can leverage that pattern for their own, like their own project, right? It could be an art thing. It could be a bitmap thing. It could be anything. Right. And so what you would have is like, essentially as many cryptocurrencies as there, as there are out there, that's each of them is their own project. You can have an equal amount of projects pointing to these patterns, creating their own little thing, mm-hmm. right? Art, bitmap thing, whatever game. Yeah. And, and so the difference is that outside of this whole concept, every single cryptocurrency has been built based off these arbitrary points, right? Come up from humans, right? Human brains. Yeah. But now we have projects in, in like the future, right? Once this is implemented, well, now we have projects making the same thing, but based on non-arbitrary patterns, you know, that you can find on Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And so even though there's going to be, you know, tons of patterns, there will be even more projects leveraging those patterns because of the narrative. It's like, this is, this is my PFP project, but it's not arbitrary. It's based off this pattern. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's kind of how we're saying things. Yeah. And it definitely solves, I think some problems we've been seeing with like, you know, some of these OG NFT collections, there seems to be like a, there's definitely no perfect strategy as far as like, when do you introduce a new like supply? Yeah. Like we've seen like a exactly. kind of yeah. fail at that. It's like, Oh, we're going to drop our second wave of NFTs and they completely cater Yeah, or cr- crater, I guess, like the, the value of, of everything. Right. So it kind of removes that, 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 that expectation of like, you know, these art artists having to, I guess, figure out uh, sensitive economics yeah. <laughs> in their ecosystems within their own ecosystem. Right. It's just, it's a set from the beginning based on these non-arbitrary, I guess, parameters that are derived from the data of Bitcoin. Yeah. 
right? And then the community can either choose to align or disalign with that with that already preset parameter, right? It's like, oh, I know under this specific like um, scheme of uh, of patterns that are going to exist, I, I kind of have an idea as far as like a ratio or like a rate of yeah. introduction, right? Yeah. I know like within a year, there's probably going to be a thousand new, you know, mintable art pieces. That's right. And then this other project within a year, there might be a hundred thousand, right? So I get to choose which one do I want to be a part of. Right? Yeah. You don't have to worry about like down the line, the, the creators are going to just, you know, drop an unexpected bomb on you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Imagine if a, if a Zuki, right. They, they had an inflationary supply for their art. Right. And it was like one every, you know, 10 minutes, mm -hmm. just like one, one, one art piece per block. Mm -hmm. Right that means that they would have like some sort of like recurrent income to a certain extent because people are wanting to get into that ecosystem. Right. And there wouldn't be any pushback by, like from the community, like you're saying, because they knew the rate of inflation. They knew that that's how um, it was going to expand. So I think with this, this concept, now we have like an expansionary rather than inflationary inflationary is like more, a little bit more derogatory. arbitrary. Yeah. It's derogatory, but it's also <laughs> arbitrary. Cause like you set an inflationary Point, right oh yeah with a pattern it's like it's just it expands right mm -hmm. so so yeah it's a uh, definitely a uh, nerd talk but yeah it's an umbrella narrative i guess we're, we're attempting to cook up here and we definitely yeah we want to collaborate with yeah. any any ecosystem like like the rare sats and like bitmaps and ordinals in general is like i feel like this is the umbrella narrative we could all support right because i think this is like uniquely it's uniquely to bitcoin yeah like this and yeah i've been trying to figure out like why is this stuff so fun and engaging yeah, yeah. <laughs> i That's feel right. like i feel like we're tapping into that it's it's this this like digital matter creation yeah. mechanism right <clears throat> this we're riding on the wave of you know the, the future here with with bitcoin and and i mean this is all very new and yeah you know this kind of what we're creating with ordinals is like kind of a new layer of the internet you know like this mm. um uh, I was very excited for it, but you guys were touching on, you know, inflationary and deflationary and umbrella terms. And I think, you know, uh, we, over the past uh, six months, we wanted to educate people on, you know, what these rare sets are and stuff. So I just want to distinguish for the audience, you know, what's that different, like they kind of get put into one umbrella term, like all the sats, which not all of them are rare. So, mm -hmm. you know, the true rare sats are just, you know, it's right there in the handbook, the uncommon, rare um epic and legendary and mythic which of course we'll never see the mythic yep because it's unspendable in the genesis block and mm. you know a legendary will not be produced until another 10 years so yep. right now we've only got three rare types you know uncommon rare and epic so um you know block 78s are those rare you know you know there's five billion of them you know whatever x amount are in circulations those aren't rare but they're still very cool mm -hmm. uh block nine same story mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they get grouped into the umbrella term, but I think just to kind of delineate that, um, you know, the rares are really inflationary up to a certain point, right? Until the end of mining, because they're every 10 minutes, you've yeah, got a yeah. new uncommon coming in. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a true finite supply and uh, th those older ones are deflationary because as more get inscribed, like that supply dwindles. So who, who holds all the epics? Uh, from the last I checked and maybe this changed or uh, if my memory serves me right i think there's two in bitfinex okay so because yeah, it's three of them so it, it's it's just hanging out in there right it's <laughs> like nobody owns it uh, i mean it's in their pool in other words it's buried it's buried in a cold wallet 
from what oh, I remember. Okay. Um, it was unattainable. Okay. And so there's two there, and you said the other one was where? I don't know where the third one is. It, okay. it could. Uh, I do not remember. I, I remember two of them were were in an exchange cold wallet. Yeah, I guess once you uh, let, let's say you were able to get your whole your your hands on on one of these, I guess you just hold on to this one, right? Like there's there's no I don't know if there's a market value for something like this. What what do you think? Oh my god, yeah, an epic would be just <laughs> it'd be epic. It's yeah, it'd be yeah. epic. Yeah. Uh, so the rares, you know, and private cells have sold you know upwards of six figures. So oh wow, uh, just just depending on their their date. So I mean the epic is whatever x amount so there's there's about 400 rares and there's three epics so you start like yeah. mathematically doing i mean whatever you know, like i don't want to speculate but whatever that's like a million dollar coin or yeah. you know uh, not financial advice but sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah if we see an epic come to light especially like if someone were to inscribe it that would be absolutely nuts hmm. um just whoever does that please put really really badass art on it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Um, okay. So, all right. We've, we've been talking about DMT and like, um, pattern recognition. That's what, uh, rare sats is. Um, you know, we, we got like hooked into this whole metaverse thing a long time ago. We got, uh, introduced into bitmaps very early on when we talked about bitmaps, it was like, there's only 300 inscriptions. And then as soon as we talked about it, it kind of blew up in 17 days, it, it, uh, minted out. Um, is there any, any angle that like the, uh, I guess, bitmap community can leverage like with rare sats that you can kind of think of, uh, is it, does it make sense to like inscribe parcels with rare sats? Like how, what's like, you know, what's, what's something cool to you in relation to bitmap and rare sats? So I, you know, was, uh, a huge fan of bitmaps when they first came out. And I think putting the bitmaps on, on rare sats is, is awesome there's not that many like if you go yeah. filter on uh, and i bought some i've got some like the block nines i think there's only like one or two maybe there's more now uncommon bitmaps um yeah and, and those were yeah, probably random those were probably randomly inscribed on on common sats i i think well the first guy who did it he can't he they got the uncommon for me and then he went and inscribed it mm, okay. uh whatever it's a it's a late block of yeah. course but yeah yeah um, I love uh, the bitmap idea. You know, I think uh, bringing the metaverse in, and I mean, it's so new, you know, and there's not much you can do, but it, people are just building like really crazy stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Put them on rare sats. Like the more they're on 78, so it just, you know, it just adds to the, to the value, in my opinion. Yeah. It seems to make the most sense. I mean, uh, like uh, the reason why we like the metaverse so much is because it's, uh, it's very broad. Right. Like when you're in DeFi, it's only like financial stuff. Right. But and the same goes like with any like vertical and cryptocurrency. But metaverse, it's like it can be everything. Mm -hmm. DeFi, mm -hmm. art, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And uh, and so there's like a, a ton of upside, like from the context of like bitmap. And it introduces a new kind of ideas that everyone starts at the same point. Right. And it's completely decentralized. Nobody owns it. <coughs> so, yeah, I can see the rare sets, too, also being um incorporated once we once we start to actually see like more i guess web3 game development happening in this bitcoin space right now it's very uh challenging right yeah. we just talked to ben charbit from life beyond that's right that's one of animoca's like flagship titles ips that they've ported over to bitcoin and 
they made the statement of you know they want to create the the first metaverse ecosystem token on That's Bitcoin, right. right? It's a big claim, right? And so I think once more and more Web three game titles start to experiment in this space, uh, I could definitely see how you can create like um a little game economy around leveraging some of these rare sets. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. If you're making like a game asset and uh, and you put that asset on a rare set, I mean that's that's like. Yeah, or like it's part of like a recipe, right? Of, of you yeah. get to craft some type of item within the game. One of the, now we're talking. One That's of the crazy, yeah, one of the necessary components is like you know some rare sets. Maybe, maybe yeah. not all of it. It's just you know, throw in some rare sets, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With this other metal thing that we found. Yeah. And then you got yourself a cool sword, right? right, right. You got a pizza sword. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. <a> <laughs> you know, like this is the thing. Like you can go crazy with this stuff, right? It's just it's going to be up to it's always up to the developers, of course, to adopt and to experiment and to implement, right? And this is where markets are created as a result of that, you know? Yeah, that's such an interesting angle because rare sats makes things a little bit more tangible because they're an actual satoshi and inscription. Mm -hmm is different it's like an idea on top of a satoshi yeah right it's like a right. virtual item on top of a satoshi and mm -hmm. so if you can as a developer if you can leverage like the rare sats concept and like inject that into your game mechanics mm -hmm. like i feel like you're you're adding some tangibility to what you're doing like for sure it's a little bit more harder Again, or sound well they they feel like true commod digital commodities yeah. right not the, like because of their root, they're rooted in non-arbitrary like yeah. sourcing, right? Yeah, this isn't like something that's pulled out of this exactly. nothingness space. Like they're they're there. Yeah, that's <laughs> you why gotta go get them. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why we're so bullish on this whole idea of DMT is because it's non-arbitrary, right? Mm -hmm. This this thing hasn't happened before, and and uh, so so Gansey, what's your what's your take? Uh, I think I Man was sort of alluding to to this uh, earlier, and as one of his questions is. You know, when the mania comes, is is art enough to bring, you know, what happened with Ethereum, with NFT, $60 billion craziness? Mm -hmm. Is art enough to for that to happen again, but on top of Bitcoin? Or do we need to see something new, something like non-arbitrary tokens? I, I, I think that we need to see something new. I mean, to really distinguish ourselves, because... Look, we don't want to just have Bitcoin be ETH all over again. Like, that would be boring. Yeah. Like, I think what was really cool about uh, ordinals in the first couple of months is, I mean, look, we still have no um, royalties. I mean, that's, that's right. people are really serious about that, you know, yeah. uh, having it all go to uh, the creator or the seller or whatever. So, um, of course, there's platform fees and stuff, but I mean, you know, it's not like OpenSea where <laughs> yeah. you can you can charge 10%. But uh, I wanted to say what you guys were touching on earlier with the game assets is, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm sure you've heard of Bitcoin machines. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm a huge collector for them, and they put a lot of their assets on rare sats, but uh, I was playing their pre-alpha the other night, and I, I told uh, Mr. Lucky, I was like, it would be kind of cool is... I gave you 100,078s or, or pizza sats or whatever, and you can mine those in-game. Hell yeah. Right? Like, And you could mine these kind yes. of uh, different Satoshis in the game and use them in new and novel ways. So I'm uh, a huge proponent for that. And yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, because now we're addressing the issue of like uh, sat hunting being like a whale-exclusive yeah. activity. Now you, you can kind of gamify this. and Dude, that's such a good point. Yeah, make it way more accessible through games, right? Yeah.
yeah. So dude. yeah, as difficult as it is to to like sift through the all, all these like sats for for rare, like you can take the um you know the common versions like pizza sats, make them gamify mm-hmm. the discovery and like the ownership of them through a game, mm-hmm. and I I think that's going to be a probably a a heavily relied upon mechanic for anyone creating games on top of Bitcoin. Mm. So that's such an interesting angle. Um, And I think, you know, we're like huge predictors and we're trying to figure out like what, what is going to be the next big thing. And it's hard for us to think we, you know, we agree with you, Gansy is like, it has to be something new. Yeah. And that new thing is like, has to be what we're seeing the value in rare sats in bitmaps. It's the non-arbitrariness of it. Mm. And in that, and, and I think building on top of that and, and sort of like putting like a game mechanic on it, like allowing people to leverage that concept, um, using like this, this theory, I feel like can be that new thing that sparks, you know, a ton of interest, mm. but, uh, I don't know. It, it, you know, it feels like it's easy for us to understand because we're nerds, mm-hmm. but I don't know <laughs> if it's so simple for like the mania to kind of ensue based off of the, this, this narrative. That's a good point because we look at uh, how high is the barrier for entry in, into ordinals. Well, you know, it's kind of high yeah. because you got to be technical. And uh, especially with sat hunting, you know, it was, it was pretty technical. It's getting better. And I think, you know, over the next six months to a year, the tools will come out that make this really accessible to the ETH guys because, you know, ETH was really simple. Uh, and then you come over to Bitcoin and there's UTXOs yeah. and like all these kind of, you know, scary terms and, uh, so maybe it deters people, but I totally agree. I think, you know, lower, lower that barrier for entry and we'll start seeing the, the, the liquidity and the people come in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Gansey, we, we got a few more minutes. Any uh, final takeaways that you want to, you know, let the community know about any upcoming events or anything that's uh, that you want to tell, tell everyone about? Sure. So we'll be uh, in Amsterdam and we'd love to meet you if you want to um, uh, meet us or the team. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Discord and, you know, would love to meet you at a coffee shop or something there in Amsterdam and, and chat it up. Okay. You know, I want to bring attention to the the main tools out there for rare sats. So, um, you know, Magisat is a great marketplace to get, you know, all types of sats. Same with satting. Uh, th- both of those platforms will allow you to collect, inscribe, check your wallet, uh, all of those things. Um you have uh, SatX coming out, which is another marketplace. I think they're doing Sat lending as well. Uh, Satology and Shira, they're building some interesting stuff on the Sat narrative side. And Loomis Sat, we actually really wanted to do this. You can put a bounty on a Sat you want. So, you know, in the early months of Ordinals, people were reaching out, hey, I want, I want my kid's name or I want my name as a Sat name. Um, you know, okay. Uh, Let's create a bounty website where people can put bounties. Hey, I'll pay you, you know, 0.01 Bitcoin if you can find my name. That way the hunters can integrate that into their software. I think, that, I think that's a really cool idea. Mm. And then Saturn, Saturn is doing the uh, SAT order book. So mm-hmm. those are the main rare SAT tools that exist right now. So I think, you know, if you're interested in this kind of thing, check those tools out for sure. Okay. Yeah, uh, we're going to put all those links in the description. That way people can check it out. I think this is going to be one of those... Uh, very important aspects of what, you know, the impending mania is going to, to come. I, I think people are going to gravitate towards like rare sets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember when we first heard about it and, and I think in the context that we heard about rare sets, 
it was pizza sats. And we were like, pizza sats, it was like quadrillion of these. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, how is this, how is this rare? And, you know, we didn't really understand the concept, but, but, um, but yeah, now it's like, it makes a ton of sense. And like this whole non-arbitrary aspect of it is like, I think it's going to be like the killer feature of everything that happens on, on Bitcoin that really takes off. Yeah. And I think, um, like the key takeaway, like word of the day that was dropped during this, this conversation was, was a uh, canvas. It's yeah. like, like introducing a whole like a new like multitude a new variety of yeah. canvases like not necessarily just for for artists but for game developers for sure. anybody yeah it's a whole new basis of of uh, digital creation which obviously is, isn't obvious right now that yeah. it holds <laughs> tremendous uh, value and potential but I mean just the pace of developers you know rushing to build new tools in in support of this is already indication enough that you know yeah uh, there's a bright future for this space for sure. All right. Um, yeah, I gotta and, ask before you before we leave. Do you guys have any rare sats, and if so, which kinds? Uh, well, I I went to Satting IO to Same. so they have a they have a tool to check my wallet and my inscriptions to see if I had anything rare, and I didn't. My yeah. girlfriend somehow she had like six or seven <laughs> rare sats. She had like four pizza sats. Yeah. Uh, and like a couple others and then she, she's like actually truly addicted yeah to this rare sat thing she spends like <laughs> a large portion of her day on sat and just browsing the marketplace and she's bought like hitman sats and she's just buying sats yeah <laughs> just for the funsies you know well, what's a hitman sat i think it's like ross oh. albright oh, okay. hired a hitman yeah. <laughs> or allegedly or something like that i don't know those are cool sats yeah there yeah. was like 1600 bitcoin he paid and obviously it was a fake hitman but yeah. those are the Silk Road Hitman sats. And look, I would love to hook you guys up with some sats. You know, I've got we've got ton of them, and uh, that way you guys have something to kind of collect or inscribe uh, in the yeah, future. Dude. Hell yeah, man, that'd be great, dude. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and yeah, we would like to do like a giveaway to our community as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let, let me know. We'll collaborate. I got some. We can give away something cool. You know, sat names are really cool right now. I think that's uh okay. I've uh, been trying to play at the seed. So okay. right on. Yeah, let's do that. Let's follow up on Twitter and let's coordinate on that. But but Gansy, I appreciate you for showing up and you know you know thank again just coming on and like explaining everything to us. It, it's a huge help. Yeah, it allows us to like explain all this stuff to our audience. Like you know as we go through like you know our, our videos and stuff. So this has been really helpful. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun and uh look forward to chatting again. Yeah, and if uh you want to come back on and tell us what what happened after the Amsterdam trip, <laughs> yeah, we're you're more than uh, welcome to join us again. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Gansy, thank you so much and uh thank you everybody for watching. Make sure you f- take check out the links in the description and follow Rare Sass Society and uh again, thank you guys for watching and we will catch you in the next podcast. Peace. Later. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner.